joy seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor. I'm your host for Live Joy, Share Joy. And today, as we continue in our Advent series, I am so pleased that we are going to be talking all about love today. Isn't love like that's the crux of everything? To help walk us through this conversation today, it is my pleasure to welcome Pastor Ben Zamzo of St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Bemidji. Welcome to the program. Morning, Deb. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I'm so happy that you're here because, of course, as we've been going through this Advent series, we've already talked about hope, we've already talked about peace, and now we move right into love. And as you and I were getting ready to go live, I was already like, I could feel the love as we started talking about having this conversation. Because one of the things that uh, I think as Christians, like that's first and foremost, isn't it? It's all about love. Everything we do is about love. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, we go back uh, with the season of Advent and we take a look at uh, what what God's love is is for his, uh, his people. And you mentioned before we started the program, uh, Probably the most famous verse in the Bible, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. You know, the other thing too is is just thinking about Advent in general, and this is a, a season of the church year. As you mentioned, it's a a time of preparation, and I guess a time of preparation for what? And historically speaking, the season of Advent has always been uh, a time and a place where where God's people um, in the New Testament. Uh, New Testament Christians drop themselves into the shoes of the Old Testament believer as they're looking ahead to the promised Messiah, as Abraham, Isaac, uh, Jacob, uh, David, all of them looked ahead to the promised Savior. Um, And so we come down to it, and we get to Luke chapter 2 in the Bible, and we see how this happens. Um, And it maybe wasn't exactly what they expected. Um, and maybe the other thing that I wanted to mention was um, when it comes down to Advent, we put ourselves in the shoes of those Old Testament Christians, uh, those Old Testament believers, and we look ahead. Um, obviously, Jesus has come once, uh, and our thoughts shift ahead to the future when he will come again. So I, I guess I, when, I, when I teach this at church, it's always, um, you know, this isn't just, you know, taking the little chocolate pieces out of your Advent calendar and counting down the days till you open up your presents. <laughs> uh, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's looking ahead to uh, when the Lord will come again, having that assurance that just as Jesus came once, he will most certainly come again. Um, and, yeah, just the, the whole idea of, of love shines brightly through this. Um, and it's, it's an incredible piece of God's word. So one of the things that I've been really fascinated about, especially with the recent events of the last couple of years, a lot of people are starting to have these predictions. God is coming soon. You know, we're going to see the second coming sooner than we think. Now, people are really starting to talk about this. Do you feel that that is impacting people's experience this Advent more than ever? Do you think there's a different awareness this year, or do you think it's more we're, we're talking about it more? I just, I've, it seems like people are more into it this year than they have been in the past. And I get, of course, I get curious about, you know, what's leading us to that point. Maybe we're actually doing our jobs and we're talking about it too, right? Sure. Um, yeah, no, I think that the, the, the current events, um, I guess let me put it this way. You know, without the context of history, everything is the worst thing ever. You know what I mean? So whether it be, you know, the pandemic or, um, you know, the, the whole idea of what Jesus says, you know, the, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. 
um, and uh, all sorts of things uh, that, that go on. Um, you look back historically and you think of, uh, you know, a figure like Martin Luther in the Middle Ages who was convinced that the Lord was coming back soon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we and, have had multiple times where we've so, talked about it. We're not exactly to the point where we're at, uh, you know, having roving bands of mercenaries running around. But uh, yeah, I, I do think that you know, as uh, as the world shows the fact that it is a, a sinful world that is uh, doomed to die, per se. Um, I think I think as those things that that's really the reason for all. That's really the reason for, for all preparation is to draw our eyes to God when we see our own weakness. Um, and actually, that's a really, really good segue into some of the things that I just wanted to share today. Um, you know, just, just taking a look at, at Luke chapter 2, I think we have, uh, so oftentimes we think that things should happen in a certain way, and when life doesn't look like the way that we think it should look, then we get upset. Um, and it's almost as though we want to give advice to God. Um, yeah, that, and, w- that works how often, right? <laughs> yeah, not so much. Um, so just just looking at this, and if you're listening and you have a Bible in front of you and you open up to Luke chapter 2, um, I'm starting at, at looking at verse 1. Um, you know, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken in the entire Roman world. The first census that w- took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. You know, those famous verses that we hear... Um, I, I guess I, I always think of you know little kids saying those verses on a Christmas program or something like that. Um, but those words are powerful. They drop you into history. Um, this isn't a fairy tale. This isn't a joke. This isn't um, some you know something that's happening in a vacuum. Um, Saint Luke takes you and puts you right there in history at a certain time at a certain place while these things were going on. And verse three, everyone went to their own town to register. And I think we sometimes, when it comes down to the, the Advent story, we romanticize this a little bit. Maybe you've seen pictures of Mary and Joseph, and they're on a, uh, she's riding on a camel or a donkey, and they're heading, and they're all alone. Uh, not so much. Every, I mean, this is like you know, trying to leave um, you know, the, the, the parking lot. This is worse than trying to leave the parking lot um, at, at a football field in Minneapolis after a football game. Um, everybody is going, and you think about all the people who are traveling to and, uh, and, and fro, and, and how many people were maybe t- being taken advantage of, um, and you have God's son in the womb of Mary uh, walking with his father, uh, his earthly father, Joseph. Um, this is the position that God puts his own son in, um, this is the this is the way that uh, that that he brings this about. Um, everybody walking all over the place and and traveling and I mean, I we just took a trip to Texas not too long ago to visit my in laws and I mean it was a pain in the rear end, you know. I mean just trying to to get everything together and here you have a very pregnant woman not riding in a in a four wheel drive SUV but on the back of a donkey, um, and this is the way that God chooses to bring His Son into the world. Um, and again, looking down uh, at, at Luke chapter 2, you know, that's the reason being that there was no room for them in the inn. Well, that's because everybody was there already. You know, there, people were traveling faster. Um, they were getting there sooner. Um, and she has to go out into that stall, uh, into that cattle stall, 
and and have her baby um, because there was nobody there for them. And I guess my thoughts, and I feel free to jump in anytime you want. I don't mean to. to <laughs> no, this is great. I mean, because I love the accounting. And I one of the things I love that you're talking about, this is not some made up version. This is not some story. This is an accounting mm, of. Right. This is real. And I love what you're what you're speaking to isn't just what God is doing here in terms of, my gosh, he loved us so much that he, I mean, this is how the Lord comes to us. What I'm also looking at is another perspective, which is Mary's love, Joseph's love, and their obedience in this. And I start getting curious about this tie into love and obedience, Mm -hmm. because there's a love of God so strong here that I'm willing to be obedient. I have carried, I have carried babies in my womb. I can't even imagine this concept of at that stage in pregnancy being on the back of a donkey in the middle of a desert, night, day, you name it. It just, to me, it's like, wow, you talk about faith, obedience, and love. And that, that I think God's love shines clearly in this. Looking at verse six, while they were there, obviously in the, in the, in the manger stall, uh, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Um, so, again, this is the way that God brings his son into the world. And this is, I mean, I don't know of any clearer showing of love for God, for his people, than this. What if he was born in a, in a castle? What if he was born in a palace? What if he was born to the, the, the rich and the wealthy uh, what if this went smoothly? How would I ever know? How would anybody ever know that God loved them? That he comes down here, he sheds all trappings of glory, wraps himself in humility, and and shows himself uh, to be uh, the this this is the Prince of Peace. Um, this is this is the King of Kings, and here he is lying in a manger, and he is for me. Um, and, and he is for, for this sinful world. And then ponder the announcement, even, um, as the shepherds out in the fields, uh, living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Um, and these angels appear to them, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Um, again, incredible, such an angelic announcement um, and the announcement of God's Son in the, coming into the world. Where would we expect this to be? Maybe uh, in Rome? or maybe from the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. But again, no. God comes down and he speaks to He speaks to these lowly shepherds out in this field, again, showing God's love for us, that he came to seek and to save what was lost, that he came down here to, to draw us to himself, comes down not in glory, um, but comes in humility, um, so that we might know that he loves us, and that there is nothing that, that, that hinders me from seeing that in him. One of the things that, as you're talking about this, I love that he makes it relatable for anybody. And there's something that I think we'll be tying to as we move into the second half, but it's about how do we translate this to today, right? Because there's something in here about what does that look like for us? Mm -hmm. How do we apply that for today? And there's also something in here about how we actually, this is like the dying to self piece, right? We're going to get to that. We don't want you to go anywhere. We are talking with Pastor Ben Zamza. We're talking about love. We're tying it into Advent. We have a lot more to come. We're going to take a brief pause. We'll be right back. 
When it comes to planning for your future, you want an advisor who understands your Christian values. Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson offer financial planning based on biblical principles. They can help you plan for your goals in a way that is consistent with your faith. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson today. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 1st Street East in Park Rapids. Ameriprise Financial offers financial services without regard to religious affiliation or cultural background. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is Deb McGregor of Live Joy, Share Joy. I am always looking for guests who may be interested in joining me for our program. If you or someone you know has a testimony of how God is working in his or her life, I'd love to hear from you. I have an interest form on my website at lifefulofjoy.com that you can fill out and submit to me. We are often booking shows out two to three months in advance, so please be patient as we go through our interest forms. Shine your light to the world. Realtors Noemi and Harry Aylesworth are happy to share they are now affiliated with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice. Serving all of your real estate needs in Bemidji, Bagley, Black Duck, Cass Lake, and surrounding communities. They are dedicated to finding you the home you deserve. Whether you're selling or buying property, they will serve you with honesty and integrity. You can expect a better real estate experience. Life takes you many places. Let Team Aylesworth, Noemi and Harry of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice take you home. This is Devin Gregor of Live Joy, Share Joy. We are talking today with Pastor Ben Zamzal. We're talking to him about love and Advent. And as we went into the break, Pastor Ben, we were talking about how the Lord came to us. Here we are in really a stall. I mean, let's, I think we even romanticize a little bit of what the scene was like in the manger, right? I'm, I'm imagining the doo doo that was probably around and it yeah, probably it, smelled. And I mean, you got all these animals. I mean, we make it look so. Sanitized. You know, the cattle are lowing. I mean, yep. we've got this whole, right? And the reality is, it's it, it really wasn't like that. And the, and the baby Jesus was laid down in a food trough with, you know, snot and spit from whatever animal was eating on it. And yes. the, the king of kings was laid down in this. It, it's it's fascinating. So how do we tie that into our lives? What does what does our trough look like, if you will, right? Sure. No, I think that the the parallel is, is, is very clear. I mean, we see that... Um, uh, this is how God chooses to bring his son of the world. We mentioned before about how this is, it's not clean and it's not sanitized and it's not uh, coated in riches and jewels, um, but it's it's very, um, it's very real. And our lives often look like this too. We have uh, a mess of, uh, of things going on. We often find ourselves unbelievably busy with things. We find that uh, the best laid plans often fail, even if we're, you know, eating right and healthy and exercising and uh, trying to be financially stable, you know, the, oftentimes it just does not pan out um, despite the things that, that we try. And, and I think, you know, the, the, the picture that we have here of Jesus' birth is one that helps us to see um, that this is God's Son coming into the world um, and that manger, uh, that wooden manger, is a foreshadowing of the cross. And what does Jesus call us to do? He doesn't say to us, um, he doesn't lay out this whole big list of things that you must do. He says, pick up your cross and follow me. And the servants, uh, us, we are not above the master. 
Uh, and when it comes down to who our Savior is and who our, our, our Lord is, um, there's some things that we can have some absolute confidence in in looking at this. And the first and the foremost is, um, first of all, look at what Jesus comes into and have absolutely no doubt that God loves you. You whose life so often looks just like this uh, may not be the exact circumstances, but equally messy. Um, have no doubt that God loves you. And all the things that, uh, as you mentioned before, you know, the things that sometimes get in the way, you know, as, as the Bible says, the one that chases after uh, wealth and riches often pierces themselves with many unneeded griefs. And so when, when life doesn't look perfect, um, well, guess what? We're not on that side of the tombstone yet. And if yeah. life is perfect, um, check your pulse. Yeah. yeah. Raise your hand, right? If your life is perfect, because how many people do we know that, I mean, what is perfect anyway? I'll talk a lot, of, obviously, about joy in the work that I do. Mm-hmm. We can have joy and sorrow, right? That's mm-hmm. different. But perfect, that's a completely different thing. But God's love is perfect. Yep. So I always invite people to look at what does it look like to have God's love working in you, right? Yep. Because when we have God's perfect love working in us, it's uh, for me, it's almost like I look at things differently, right? Sure. Because I'm looking through his eyes or attempting to as much as I can, but I invite that in because for me, it's sort of like when I have a challenge for giving somebody or even loving somebody, I always say, Lord, let me just love with your heart. Let me see with your heart because my flesh heart right now is missing something. Like yep. I'm just, I'm not completely healed yet in that wound for my life. So I I feel like one of the things I love about this is there's an invitation here for us that in this path of love and in this path of loving others, when God is working in us and through us, sometimes it is an invitation, Jesus, let me love with your love, right? Absolutely. Because sometimes, I mean, we fall short. I mean, this is, we're human beings, yep. right? And I really love what you said about God loves you. And sometimes when we can be in the darkest of despair, it's like, even if we can just remember, like, God loves me. I may be having the struggle of my lifetime right now, mm-hmm. but God loves me. And I feel like if, if people don't take away anything from this program, the most important yep. thing is that God loves you. Yeah, and, and absolutely. And understanding that that there's not, um, there's not anything that we can do that will make God love us more than he already does. Look at what he did. Um, look, look at how he brought his son into the world uh, to show that uh, that he loves us. And, I mean, you, you talked about Jesus' love, and maybe I'm just kind of restating the obvious here. But I think about what Jesus says on the night that he's betrayed, and he's, he's sitting there with his disciples at the Last Supper, and he looks at them, and he says, This new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. And... I think for the longest time I would read that passage and I'd be like, what's new about that? And it's like, oh, wait a minute. What was the old one? What was the old one? The old one was love others as yourself. Now Jesus says, love others as I have loved you. And what does that love look like? Well, that love looks like this. It looks like a baby born in a manger. It looks like a, a, um, a the king of kings shedding his glory. It looks like it looks like being nailed to the cross, even though he didn't deserve it. It looks like Christ for you. And, you know, what is the, the, the power that comes out of that? Well, as you said, yeah, we fall short. But it's, first of all, confidence that we can go back to God every single time we do 
um, and say, Lord, look at, at me through the lens of Jesus and what he has done. That's the first thing. And the second thing is when I am wronged, when somebody wrongs me, um, let me not be filled with uh, hatred or vengeance or vitriol. Help me to love like Christ loved um, and to forgive. And, and that's the, the, it's, that's incredibly difficult for, for us to do who, I mean, we live in a world where, you know, hey, I'm, I'm fair. I want to get mine, you know. Uh, but thank God that God isn't fair. He put the price that, or the punishment that we deserved on Jesus um, and said, I'll give the innocent for the guilty. And, the, and as, uh, as Paul says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might be the righteousness of God. And uh, there, there is no greater love um, than, than to see that. And that's the, um, the beauty of, of Advent, that this is the, the time and place in history where God drops, uh, drops his son into the world um, and, and shows us that this is what I'm, I've given for you. I want to talk about how do we prepare our hearts right now to be open to this love? Because one thing I've noticed as I work with people is sometimes love is difficult, especially if people have a lot of wounds or maybe they've been hurt. They Mm -hmm. don't trust people. And so opening the heart to that love, opening the heart to receive that love and to give that love is something that a lot of people are working on. So what are some things we can do to encourage people to be in that open place? Obviously the word. I mean, we've been reading from the word. What are some other things that you share with others as they want to deepen that openness? Um, as, as far as uh, struggling with, with, um, with loving one another, um, well, I think it kind of goes back to the idea that, you know, people don't want to see their, their, their own fault. Um, they, don't, they, they want to kind of view themselves through this uh, lens that they're doing things right, that they're doing things um, in, in a decent way. And at the end of the day, you know, the... I think I think this world has three solutions for sin. The world has three solutions for sin. Um, the the first one being um, we have this uh, justice scale in our heart, uh, and we hope that at the end of all things, when I'm lying on my deathbed, that my good deeds will outweigh the bad things that I've done. And and we wrestle back and forth. Well, I think I've done enough, or that I did something good today that miss that made up for what I did yesterday. So there's that. Um, that's one. The second one is um, a ladder you know, out of a hole. Um, I just got to keep climbing, got to keep trudging, got to keep climbing. I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. Um, I might slip back a peg, but I'll keep going up. Um, and then the third one is when the other two fail, well, then we look at each other, and I hope you don't take offense at this, and look down in your nose at someone and be like, well, at least I didn't do what Deb did. <laughs> you know? Oh, I'm sure we um, hear that all the time. <laughs> You know, so it, it's, it's, that's, that's, you know, when, when all else fails, we just look at other, somebody else and say, well, well, at least I'm not them. If God likes them, well, then he should like me too. But, but, um, God's love in the Bible is different. And the love that we're talking about in Christ is different. It's, 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 um, it's one that says, this is God's solution for sin. And God takes our sinfulness and he puts it on Christ on the cross. And I think when we're, um, as as we look at other people, understand that we will never look into the eyes of somebody that God doesn't love. That that no matter who it is, you'll never look into the eyes of somebody that Jesus didn't die for, 
And and what a uh, absolutely beautiful truth that is um, that that we have this uh, this savior that was given to us. And as we prepare our hearts for Advent, um, to prepare our our minds and and our hearts and 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 look at look at the love that God showed to us. Um, look at what He did for the world as God gave His one and only Son for the sins of the world. And and ponder what that means in our dealings with our friends, with our family, our coworkers, um, and uh, I. I I hope, I hope that makes sense. It just it kind of went. Absolutely makes sense. And I love that you brought up the, I call it the justification. I need to make you wrong so I can make myself right. But I love that you pointed back to, but this is who we are in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And this is what we know. And I just, I love what you're bringing up about it. I love the invitation to be in the word, invitation to prayer. I also journal. I love journaling through mm-hmm. my journey of Advent. I actually sit by the Christmas tree and let the lights just, you know, I love being by the lights. Pastor Ben, you have been amazing. I am so glad that you came to talk to us about love. And I just wish you an incredible Advent experience, an amazing Christmas experience. And I thank you for bringing an incredible perspective of love and also the reminder that God loves us. He loves all of us. My pleasure, Deb. Uh, it was a pleasure to sit down and talk uh, talk through God's Word with you. Pray that uh, maybe we do this again sometime in some other format. Uh, it was a pleasure being on. So thank you once again. Absolutely. Thank you. Pastor Ben Zamzo, St. Mark's Lutheran Church, Bemidji, Minnesota. We want to thank you for coming in again today. And we want to thank all of you for choosing to listen. And we do wish you an amazing Advent experience and, of course, Christmas experience and that reminder that God loves you. Please go out, live joy, and share joy. This is Deb McGregor. Have a great day, everyone. Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.